Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 185. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? I just found out that Kings of Leon are coming out with a new album and it's being released on NFT, which I was like, I've never heard of that format before. So I had to do some research. That's not what I'm bringing it up. I'm just bringing it up because... There's a, there's a very clear Kings of Leon memory in my mind when, when I remember book shopping and a song came on and I freaking loved it. And I was like, that's got to be Kings of Leon, doesn't it? And I run home uh, and I try to find this song and I finally found it. It's called Ragu by Kings of Leon. This is years ago that happened. And I listen to that song once a week. It is an absolute banger. Love that song. Okay. I got to get back into Kings of Leon. Like, they're not a... Like, I listen to them every once in a while, but... I, I need to re re get into. I think. Yeah, I don't like a lot of their stuff, but like that one album because of the times. Oh, ooh, and the Aha Shake of I forget it before, but the one before that also amazing. Perfect. Okay. Nice. What's going on with you, man? Um, not a whole lot, dude. It's uh, it's not super busy at, at work right now. Well, I'm working on a project which is a little bit different, but um, it's a little bit quiet time in between semesters right now, so I'm kind of chilling out. Um, but. I am excited to talk about some New York Islanders hockey today, but before we get into that, we have to do a little conversating over here, Mitch. We have some things to talk about, some businesses to take care of. So we want to let you know that support for Eyes on Isles is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping with code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. So that's FANSIDED20. You can pick yourself off up the uh, lawnmower 3.0. Mitch very much is a fan of the light at the end. Uh, I, I can confirm that is excellent. Also, uh, the deodorant is also very key for those who maybe sweat a little bit. Like, you could be honest. You could, you know, hand up. 
little, little sweat happens. So it, a it's lot good. of southern sweating going on in this area. It here, happens. For sure. It is it awkward to talk about sometimes? Sure, but everyone's dealing with it, and now there's a product that could help you. Help and like, let's be honest, your significant other, they're gonna be happy with this. This is good for everyone. Much appreciated. Look, we're we're such fans of Manscaped here. We bought two of them. We have two. One for each of us. Myself and my wife. Yes. No. It it's it's legit. And I I know I always pu- I pulled it up last week and I'll pull it up again. I have the uh, cologne that they sent me also. Mm. Tremendous. I love it. It's not like that Axe body spray. You know, locker room smell. It's like a nice refined gentleman kind of smell. So if you're into it, fan sided twenty over at Manscaped.com. Do it. All right, so let's get into the podcast episode, Mitch. We got a lot to get to. We are going to start with uh, maybe, I don't this might be a little bit premature, but I'm going to say it, the greatest Islander of all time, Oliver Wallstrom. <laughs> Move over, Mike Bossy. There's another goal scorer in town. Oh, yeah, Oliver Wallstrom, man. What, what a trip it has been this year for this young man. 20 years old, and he's killing it. Yes. No, he's been, in all seriousness, he's been unbelievable, though, through his last five games. Six points, three goals, three assists. And we talked about it just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of podcast episodes ago. We were like, you know, he's getting his opportunities. The goals are going to start to come. And, uh, well, they have. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not just goals, right? Like you said, three helpers and three goals. So, like, the plays, he's starting to fit. He keeps talking about it, right? Like, I'm in love with the other parts of my game. The working hard, the getting in the right area, the head up, just implicated all the time, the physical stuff. Because if you do those things, specifically in a Barry Trot system, the production will come. And he's the poster child for it. Like Anyone who may have doubted uh, Barry Trotz's philosophy when it comes to rookies, just look at Oliver Wallstrom right now. Yes, it sucks where he's like, you're not ready yet. And you're like, but I feel like I am. No, I can tell you you're not. And then, you you know, the Joshua Sangs of the world, right, can look at this and go like, ha, I see. (laughs) I see what I need to do now. You would think so. And what I wanted to know, because I was curious with early on, obviously he was shooting a ton and they weren't going in. So now they started two. And I was like, I'm curious, what's his shooting percentage up to right now? And it's at 12 and a half, uh, which I think that's going to even start to go up even more so, but 12 and a half is, isn't terrible for, you know, considering that seemingly he wasn't getting anything in for like a 10 game stretch. No, you're right. Right. It went from four to 12. That's a big jump. Uh, but that, that's kind of where we ex- expect him to be at is at a 12%. Like uh, even Jordan Everly shoots at 13%, I think like average 12 over his entire career. And Jordan Eberle is not Oliver Wallstrom. Oliver Wallstrom is a, is a better shooter. So you're right. Like that could go up to, probably float around 16 percent and that's huge 16 percent on what what is he shooting now he has 32 shots on net let's say 32 in 15 games 15 so yeah 2.13 do that over a full year that's 175 shots that's low like that's matthew barzal levels of shots right Mm -hmm. um and you multiply that by let's say we said 16 percent yeah that's a, a 28 gold player and we would assume that number is probably going to be closer to 200, right? Yes, because we, we have to remember, he's getting averaging 10 minutes and 51 seconds worth of ice time. Yeah, the, the kid's not playing very much. He really isn't. Like, So you give him more ice time, that means more opportunities to shoot. And I think he's playing a lot more in the defensive zone. Mm, barely. 40, 49% of the D zone to 51. 
which, you know, when he first started, his first nine games was 58-42. You would expect someone like Oliver Wallstrom to be more in the, D zone, in the O zone than D zone. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, that's going to continue to grow as well. And, and that's just it. There's a lot of good things happening here, and, and it's finally starting to pay off. Uh, but my God, this kid is absolutely... And he's not just scoring like on the power play, right? Like, we, we've... Obviously, he, he shoots on the power play, and he, he's got that wicked shot, and he's scoring. Mm -hmm. But he's still adding five-on-five five production. Like, he's got three of his four goals are at even strength. Right. That's huge. And most of his assists are on the power play. <laughs> all, all the assists are on the power play. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> like, that's insane. So, like, the, the, the kid is not really... What's the word I want to use here? He's not help getting helper or shooting necessarily. Sorry, let me rephrase that because I'm scrambling in my own mind. He's not necessarily throwing in buckets worth of goals in on the power play. No. But yeah. the fact that he's getting pucks on net and towards the net is clearly working in the Islanders' favor. Yeah, that that to me is a big difference for why this team is starting to look the way that it is right now. So consider this. On, on the power play, he has five power play points. Uh, at that, that's um, and averaging 51 seconds of power play time per game, where you got a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, who's the top rookie, has one power play point and is averaging averaging three and a half minutes of power play time per game. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot, which is good for Kaprizov because that means most of his production is coming at at five on five. But like. It really just goes to show you that while, yes, Oliver Wallstrom is still scoring five on five, he's still putting up points on the power play at a rate that isn't matched by anyone in his class right now. No, right. It's the production in the sample size, which is extremely impressive. Like, usually you don't see someone who's playing under 11 minutes a night be this effective for this team. Five game point streak, six points across the five. That doesn't happen for someone who's putting nine minutes of ice time in. No, and we're used to the Matt Martins and Leo Komarov and Michael Dow Coles and Zarnak and guys like that who get the nine, ten minutes a night. And yeah, some of them are, you know, okay players, but they're not moving the needle forward the way that Oliver Wallstrom is. Exactly, right? So, like, he's he's being hashtag effective with the ice time that he's being given. And you're right, bringing up guys like Dal Cole and Matt Martin, who will put up a point every now and again. Dal Cole had a two-goal or two-assist night the other day, and we're all ranting and raving, and justifiably so. Uh, but but Wallstrom's is like, I keep scoring, guys. I keep scoring. I'm not going to stop until you give me more damn ice time. Which I think that's the next conversation is what do the Islanders do now? Do they keep rolling him out here and play him on that third line and play him 10 or 11 minutes? Or do you move him up and uh, get that ice time up as well? What would you do? Because I think I just keep him there a little while longer. A part of me wants... I see both sides, which I usually don't like to do that, but I really see both sides on here. A, a part of me is really itching for to get him up on that second line and move Josh Bailey down because I'm a little annoyed at Josh Bailey's play. Yeah, I think we don't change it until it's broken, right? Like, okay, it, it's working. The team's winning. Um, I, I, they're on a point streak still. Pardon me. Um, so like, there's no reason to change it, and he's being effective in, in the position he's in, and he's finally gaining that confidence, and you can see it's working. Let's not jump the gun too quickly. I, I, I would say. Although you're right, like if anyone's gonna say what you don't want to see him play with Brock or Barzal. The answer to that question is no. I would very much like to see that. But, like, I don't know if 
he's ready for that jump yet. No, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he is. It, and why, why, why stop it? Just give him a couple more minutes of ice time with with Jean Gabriel Pajot. Like Pajot's getting what sixteen minutes of ice time on average, something yeah. like that. He he is getting a lot more ice time. At times he was playing like the second line center. You know, minutes he was on the third line. You know, quote unquote. But he was getting you know big minutes. So over his last five games, eighteen, nineteen, forty six. That is almost twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, nineteen, fifty eight. So again, almost twenty minutes, and then fifteen, twenty five. You, you can't tell me that you can't find a way to give Walsham another like two to three minutes on average. Come on. Yeah, no. I'm, I don't think anyone's asking for Oliver Walsham to be playing 17 minutes a night right now yet, but would it be too much to ask to get that number to like 14? Right? Like, wh- why not? What, what do you have to lose? Josh Bailey has less ice time. He's not really doing a ton with what he's got. And, and Josh Bailey's used to that. It's fine. He's... He's a, uti- a really good utility player, a really good middle six player. He'll figure it out. He really will. Yeah, exactly. And he could, like, I would feel comfortable even if you had to, like, moving him down and playing him with Pajot. I think both those guys, Pajot and Bailey, could have success playing together. Exactly. I know that Barry Trotz said that he wants to give um, Bailey a little bit more consistency. So I think he's just sticking to his word right now, which is nice to see. Um, but, but I think a, a little bit more of that. And we see Bailey go down, uh, but and down is is really. I think we're being too harsh in terms of our, our words here. Like going from Brock Nelson as your center to Jean Gabriel Pajot as your center really isn't a demotion by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, it's not. And it's like it's not like Bailey isn't scoring. He's got three points over his last five, right? So like three over five. Let me just do this quick. There's point six times eighty two. That's a fifty point player. Okay. That's Josh Bailey. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, but with Wallstrom, so with this five points or five game point streak, six points over the five, a lot of fans are talking about the Calder. Do you think that he's he can hit that? You you famously said like last week was it or two weeks ago you'd hit the under on fifteen points? I think in a mailbag. Would it throw me under the bus? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Um. Uh, to, to, to be sorry. To be fair, I was like, well, I don't know. I I, I might go over the over. And I was just barely hitting the over, right? So like, I wasn't much better. <laughs> um, I I think I'd be surprised if he's getting like for Calder consideration. Are we talking like top three? Well, that's the thing, right? He's not even a factor right now. As of today, the odds he's not even in the top twenty. Okay. I like there are no odds for him. I, I couldn't find odds for him at all. So, who's who's the favorite? Is it still uh, Lafreniere, the favorite? Not even. Not even. It goes, the top five are um, Kaprizov, uh, Lankin in, in Chicago, and then it goes Ty Smith in New Jersey. Okay. Followed by Stutzla and Hoglander. Hoglander plays in Vancouver, Stutzla obviously in Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be surprised if uh, Wallstrom ends up in the top three. As would I. I, I think. Uh, obviously, if it keeps going this way and he doesn't stop scoring, he will. Uh, and we just mentioned how more, how much more effective he is on the power play than Kaprizov is. But when it comes to five on five, like Kaprizov has 17 points over 19 games. Wallstrom's only got the eight, man. Yeah. And then you got Lankin, and he's got like a nine, I think it's a 924 save percentage and nine wins over 15 games played. 
That's pretty damn good. Right? So it's going to be tough for him to win, but if he keeps going and he ends up with, let's say, I don't know, 30 points over 56 or 50 some odd games, whatever it is for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the top five. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really that'd be a nice addition and something unexpected like yes we both had high hopes for Oliver Wallstrom you know as a player but I don't think either of us thought he would be this productive at this point no case in point what we just talked about with the the over under 12 right like or over under 15 uh we both were kind of like I don't know you said the under but like I I think you could have been swayed to to hit the over I I did but I was like "Ah, I'm just thinking he might hit 16 type of thing right yeah, and that was the thing too because I think that was after like the game where he had he got that second goal, and I was like, okay, this is good, but like I just with the amount of ice time he's playing, like I don't know if he'll be able to do this consistently, but he's blowing it up, and I hope he continues to go at that pace. That'd be tremendous. You mentioned ice time, and I, I just want—I'm curious mm-hmm. with Kaprizov. Oh my god, he got 23 minutes of ice time the other day. Wow. So he's averaging 18 minutes and 23 seconds, all situations, of course, mm-hmm. of ice time for the Minnesota Wild. Like they're, they're trusting this kid to do a lot and putting him in big situations. Uh, in terms of deployment, 58% in the D zone, 41% in the uh, sorry, 58% in the O zone, 41 in the D zone. Like he's all out offense is what they're giving him, where that's not what Wallstrom is getting. Um, and he's eight, eight for 15, right? So um, eight divided by 15 times 82. That's a 44-point player right there. Wow. That's pretty damn solid. Right? If he keeps up that pace. And that, that's just that's not just like focusing in on the five-game point streak. That's all, the 15 games. We're adding the 10 games where he didn't really score much. So that's huge, man. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive to see that so far already. You know? Exactly. So good things going for Oliver Wallstrom. And, and it really kind of changes the dynamic for the Islanders in terms of like even the trade deadline. I, I know we're not going to talk about that today, but like thinking about that, do they go all in on a Patrick Line? They might not need to. No, and we'll see what happens over the next few weeks, of course. But it, this changes everything. It really does. It really does. So g- good job. for And like, look, the, the, for the second round, or sorry, the second round, the 2018 draft, our top two guys are playing and playing well and, and, and carrying not a heavy burden, but a decent burden on this team. And that's yeah. what we wanted to see only like two years out. Three, I guess. Yeah, three at this point, but solid. Absolutely. Anything else on Oliver Wallstrom before we move on? No, that's it. I don't want to jinx it, but like, let's go. <laughs> so let's get to something else that's been really good for the Islanders, and that's the power play. Uh, started off not so great, but they are at nearly 25%, Mitch, 24.6% sitting at 12th in front of which team? Do you know? The Colorado Avalanche, I'm taking a guess. Yes, Colorado's at 13. Yes. Take that, Colorado, and Devontae specifically, you bum. <laughs> it's just a nice little F you, that's all. Yeah, no. He's great. Devontae's is great. The, the reason the Islanders are, are performing well... I don't think has to do with with the the loss of Devontae's. If it was, that'd be that would be wild. Um, but but I tried to do a comparison between 2019 and 2020 to see like where what what changed really. Just like looking at numbers because we know they worked on it. But like what what's the difference? What are we seeing more of? And I, I can't really tell. Like their, their shooting percentage is way up, which would be obvious. So l- let's break down what they're doing now. 
They're 20th in expected goals for with 11.66 on the power play, that is. They have 15 goals for. So they're, they're converting more goals than expected, which isn't what they were doing last year where they were 30th in expected goals for with 30.47 and scored 29. So, like, they were about as expected last year. Right. Um, they're getting shots off. They have 90 shots uh, so far. In 61 opportunities, which means that they're they're getting 1.47 shots per opportunity, but last year they were getting 1.517. So like they're getting more shots off per opportunity last year than they were this year. So it's not shots. Um, but then when you consider their high danger chances, they had 115 high danger chances last year on the power okay. play, converted 15 of them. Wow, for a 13% conversion rate. They have 36 high danger chances right now on the power play. And this is not just five on four. It's all power plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and have converted 12 at it for a wow. 33% conversion rate. That's insane. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference, man. So to me, that that's the difference there. It's just like they're getting into those high danger areas, maybe not more frequently, um, although like, I can do some quick math here if you want to vamp, or, but like, it seems that they're, they're that at least they're converting more of their high danger opportunities, which is, you know, right into the veins of Barry Trotz. Yeah. Which that's what you want, right? You want to give yourself as many as those opportunities as possible and just convert on those and you should be okay. Exactly. And, and that, that's what he preaches at least on five on five. So you would assume that that stands when it comes to, um, on the power play, but, uh, who knows, right? So. I'm just doing it now, 255. Yeah, they're they're getting more high-danger opportunities. They're getting 0.59 high-danger opportunities or high-danger chances for per opportunity as opposed to the 0. 0.45 uh, high-danger op- uh, chances for per opportunity from last year, which doesn't seem like a lot, 0. No. 0.6, right? Uh, well, that's, that's not 0. 0.6. That's like 14. Well, that's 14 percentage points, so that that's okay. considerable. Yeah, that's good. Right, do that over a full fifty-six, and uh, well, that's a lot of high-danger opportunities that they're uh, that they're generating, and now that they're converting at thirty-three percent, look out! Yeah, that's huge. That's great, and, and just goals as well. Like Nelson already has five power play goals. The team leader last year was a tie between Everly, Barzell, and Nelson at four. <laughs> that's insane. Come on, does the top three? power play goal scorers right now it's nelson lee peugeot at five three and three yeah i mean it's just a 180 it's a completely different it looks like a different unit even though it's similar guys it's not the exact same units they were running back last year it's it's similar though no wouldn't you say it's very similar like the what's the one big difference Bressal for oliver wallstrom (laughs) that's a huge upgrade actually that or letty getting more involved well, that, that's the thing. I was trying to look uh, at Letty and Taze and doing the, the difference there. So uh, Taze last year had 29 individual yeah, individual Fenwick 4, which is unblocked shots. Okay. Uh, or shots that are either hit the net or aren't blocked and miss um, in 154 minutes. Letty has 10 in 49 minutes, which is about the same thing. Yeah, just about, right? Right, like he's got a third of the opportunity, uh, the Fenwick, in about a third of the minutes. Huh. Okay. So, like, it doesn't seem that it's, and when you look at individual high danger chances for neither of them have one, um, either Taze last year or Letty this year. So it doesn't right. seem like just swapping Letty for Taze worked. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Like that was the magical ingredient. But uh, I don't think any of us are going to care because, man, it's clicking. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it's totally that's that's fantastic. And it's we were begging. Think about it, Mitch. We were begging. We we're like, please, 20%. That's all I ask you. We would sign up for 20%. Well, they said we see your 20% and we raise you an additional five. And like they are pretty close to a top 10 power play right now, which is scary. Well, they were just the other day when they were at 25%. They just haven't played in a day, and they didn't they didn't score a power play goal against the Devils, Correct. which they, they, they probably should have. But they had one power play opportunity, um, right. so like they didn't really get a whole lot of chances to get one on. And even at 25%, you're looking at one in every four. So they, 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 that you only get one opportunity. It's probably not going to convert. Um, no. But like they're getting opportunities as well, right? Remember last year, that was their big thing. They just weren't getting any opportunities, and, and they are this year. No, totally. And uh, I know we've talked about this at length, whether it's on, on this podcast or any other uh, of our podcast platforms like on Patreon. But uh, we, we said pretty much for anyone who would listen that Anders Lee wasn't going to shoot at 7% again on the power play. And, and that is very much different this year. He's at 37% shooting <laughs> percentage on the power play. Yeah, that's a 30% increase. I don't expect that to stay for the entire year, but it's just, I think there were some definite outliers uh, in a ver- in a variety of different things for this team last year, uh, and people kind of took that and ran with it, I think. Yeah, you're re- but that, that happens way too frequently when it comes to the Islanders. Like, oh, the Islanders are a terrible power play team. Told you. I told you. Look at their shooting percentage. Hack, PDO, hack, and you're going... Well, okay, let's chill a second. If you're going to start quoting PDO hacks to us, there's no way that Anders Lee, who's like a career 16% shooting percentage on the power play, is going to stick at 7. It's just not going to happen. Not not at 30, right? Maybe if he was 35, you'd go like, okay, maybe the decline is here. It's too early for that. It just is. No, yeah. If, that, if this is four years from now when we're having this conversation, different story. But, I mean, there is no – like you said – Lee was 29 last year. I didn't think he was done. And I, I think he's proving that right now. Yeah, this isn't like NFL running back lifespan. Right? Just because he's a power forward doesn't mean he's going to last 20 seconds in the NHL here. He's got a lot more runway than that. Good analogy. I love you bringing in the football talk. And the don't, almost don't pay running back conversation, too, which I like. <laughs> Although they're not very much doing that with Anders Lee. No, 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 no. Of course, of course. Uh, but the power play is looking really good, and this, again, similar to Oliver Wallstrom, could be a huge difference for this team. Like, if you look at last year's Islanders versus this year's Islanders, having an additional score like an Oliver Wallstrom and having, like, a competent power play, big things, big things. Yeah, even if this drops to, like, 20% effective over the season, We'll take that. We were 13.5% effective just two years ago. 17.3 last year. No, totally. It, it's, it, would be a big, it would be a big difference just to, like you said, hover around a little bit above or at 20% would be great. Like, how many more points do we get on the board if the Islanders are at a 20% effective power play last year? Obviously, you're not going to be able to do There's the no math in your head. Know. I don't know either. But, like, how many games did we have, like, a 0 for 6 or a 0 for 5? Or even it's a zero seen, for four, right? Like way too many. Yeah, exactly. Way too many, and that and that's the thing. And those those games add up, and those points add up, and that's you know that's a big difference. And then you, like you said, you add an Oliver Walsh into the mix, which we didn't have last year. We just didn't. No. So take everyone that was here last year, or this year and last year, 
um, and then add an Oliver Walsh to that mix, and you're going, all right, cool. Like, if he turns into a 25-goal scorer this year, that's not that's a lot more goals than we were, we, were, we had last year from guys like Derek Brassard. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. So, big upgrades. Yes. Anything else on the power play? Uh, no, that that's about it. Like, it, it's hard to pin down what they've done exactly, but, like, it seems that that break... Uh, brought to us by the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils uh, really really changed things for us. Like midseason minicamp really helped us out. Yes, absolutely. So let's get to down on the farm. What do we got this week, Mitch? Uh, I got three little updates here. Um, from One from um, William Dufour, Alexander Leonkrantz, and then uh, Reese Newkirk. Okay. And then if you have any questions on, on anyone else, uh, shoot, yeah, yeah. shoot from the hip. Love it. Uh, First one is uh, William Dufault, who uh, is missing in action right now. Uh Um, They're in a bubble, uh, as as they're doing all season long, but he hasn't played the last couple of games. And so I've had a few people come to me and say, like, well, what's wrong with him? Uh, What's going on? And so I knew he was injured. I I didn't know the severity of the injury. And Mm -hmm. so I asked the team. And they, uh, thank God I'm French. Because like it, it, I feel like this helps a lot when you're speaking to French teams because then they're mm-hmm. able to just kind of like they're answering to me in French and they're saying like, don't worry about it, y'a rien de sérieux, it's not serious. Uh, we're just hoping that he he rests up and and is able to heal. A uh, guérir un petit bobo, or a bobo is like an owie. That's literally what we call it in French, <laughs> un bobo, like a boo boo. Yeah, like so when I, my kids fall like mal, that's what they're saying. So he's got he's hurt, but like they're they're taking a what's the word I want to use? They're taking precautions, like over an abundance of precaution, like the NHL likes to say right now with COVID, an abundance of precaution with them and just saying like we have a ton of games in this bubble. You'll get to play. Just heal up. You're better if you're healthy than if you're at a seventy five percent. Clearly, yeah, that's uh. Okay, good. I like that. I, I kind of like that they're being precautious with it, you know? Yeah, so he'll play the next... The, well, they don't say he will play. They say he could play um, the next game, um, but we'll see. So he may miss a few games here, like a few more, um, but he's not out for long, and it's nothing serious that we have to worry about. No, absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, next is Alexander Ljungkrans. I wrote about him today on the site because I was able to uh, get a hold of his uh, World Junior Championship coach. Or what okay. could be his World Junior Championship coach? So they had a mini camp in February, and the last I spoke to the to the coach was Alex was going to get uh, a chance to play the top line, and I wanted I hadn't had a chance to find out how he did, and right. apparently he did very well. Okay, that's good. So he's not for sure in the mix, um, but he's he's in there. He's he could very well go all the way. Is what. Um, uh, the coach said to me, and by going all the way means being named to the team that goes to Edmonton Red Deer for the 2022 World Junior Championships. That's pretty good. The only thing is that like they got a lot of depth, so they got guys like um, William Eklund and um, uh, who are the guys? The other guys I'm thinking of there, uh, Hoglander, not Hoglander. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to script and it's Olison. Guys that are going to get drafted in the top 10 this year, probably, and first round picks this year that are also kind of in the mix. So we'll see if he actually goes. If he does play, it's going to be at a bottom six forward role. Uh, but it seems that he could very well end up on, on Sweden's national team for the World Juniors. 
Okay. Wow. That would be really good to see that. Like, that would be nice for him. Right, because, like, a lot of things we were getting when it came to the draft, and rightfully so, was like, who the hell is this Alexander Ljungkrens kid, and why are they drafting him in the third round? And then when you, you, you like, dig in a little bit further, you go, like, oh, he wasn't supposed to go in the third round, if at all. Wow. Okay. My God. Why did we take this kid? Now you can see it. He's putting up points at the, not at the SHL level, but Div 1 level, like, borderline dominant at the at the Div 1 level and now he could be going at that at a premier tournament that's good yeah no totally that's that's a good sign and it's a big squad right like we're not talking about like Latvia or something like that no offense to Latvia but like when it comes to this tournament they don't rank high uh, but we're talking about Sweden who whenever they enter the tournament have metal aspirations yeah, no, they're they're a legitimate team, and even if he doesn't get a ton of playing time, just the experience of going there and being with the team is big. It is absolutely. Um, and last one here is Reese Newkirk, who uh, is playing well, not really playing, but uh, is in Saskatchewan. The last I spoke to him, but I, I believe he's making the trek to Portland now because the WHL season, at least for American teams, is going to start as of March nineteenth. So I, I would imagine camps are opening soon for them. And they're going to be hitting the ice in two weeks' time, just about, right? So uh, in two Fridays from now. Three Interesting. Fridays. Okay, so good. That, that's a guy that could very well be signed to an AHL contract next year because uh, he had a big year for um, Portland last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's not like he's relying on, on another player to bump him up. So he, he's very much a driver for that team and putting up big numbers. I would expect to see him in the AHL next year. Yeah, no, that's great. That's good. So that's the last update that I had. Did you have uh, any anyone you wanted to bring up? No, um, I was just curious, the ones, uh, Lundkrantz really specifically, because like you said, we kind of haven't heard from him in a little bit, but um, glad glad that they're just kind of taking it slow with that one, and I get that. Um, anything with, actually, uh, Ishkakov, anything with him? Scoring, he's back. He's low, he Missed a couple of games with a head injury. He got hit up high. Okay. Uh, first game back, 50 seconds into the game, boom, pots a goal. Oh, we love that. Good things. <laughs> Perfect. So things are going well for him in Finland right now. I, I would also, I'm not going to say expect to see him at the AHL level, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him signed to uh, an ELC at the end of the season. Okay. I like that. Shall we get to the quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. So every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for Matt to guess. This is show 185 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt, you have five clues to guess the mystery Islander. The clues okay. get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. One, I was drafted by Colorado 79th overall. Johnny Boychuk. Incorrect. Two, I was traded for current Devils GM Tom Fitzgerald who was also a 17th overall pick by the Islanders in 1986. Okay, next. Okay, I was going to say the clue here with this one as well is that that trade didn't happen to the Islanders. Either way. Oh, okay, okay. I wouldn't have got it, though. Okay. My best year on the island and in my career saw me hit 60 points. 60 points? You know he came from... Colorado. He was traded at one point to a team who had Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald. Okay. Let's keep it rolling. Four. I questioned 
the quality, maybe not the quality, I questioned the trade that sent me to the Islanders, like he was going really, that's what got me, really, that was the package that got me a return for me. Mark Parrish. There we go. There Perfect. it is. And then five, is I was half of the return for Luong when yoking in, just in case you didn't get that fourth one. Yep, that fourth one's a good one. I, I remember that, that's a big quote that's been going around for a while. Yeah, just like, really? <laughs> oh boy, you lost that one hard, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a tough one. Thanks, uh, Milbury. So the reason I brought him up is not because he only played 185 games or scored 80, 185. It's his shooting percentage with the Isles is 18.5, 185. Oh, creative. Okay, I like that. There we go. Uh, hope, hope Parrish is doing good, by the way. I, I believe he is. They had that, okay. that little little um, little thing that happened, but it seems that he's on, on the men's there. So, you know, good job good. by him. Yeah, I just I haven't seen anything since that story. So just thinking of him. Hope he's doing well. Yes. Uh, let's get to the social segments, uh, Mitch. What's going around on uh, IELTS Twitter? So my first one here comes from Coach Jeff twenty four, um, and it's um, I, I tweeted something during the game against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins when it said it's a gif, and it says I know that this play is going to get Bailey a lot of heat um, uh, because he has an open look on on Tristan Yari or Casey DeSmith. Open look. Peugeot plays it backhand to him, and he's alone in the slot, no one on him. Um, but what I say is, but how about Peugeot outsmarting Crosby, Latang, and Malkin at the same damn time? Because Peugeot's playing the puck behind the net, and he's covered right. by all those three guys. Outplace him. Uh, and then uh, Jeff says, uh, Mitch, he might as well be wearing bright orange, he being Pe- um, Bailey. He's been a traffic cone out there this year. Um, oh. But then, like, seconds later, Bailey scored. <laughs> So he's like, let's be honest, my timely Bailey bash at least deserves honorable honorable mention in your social segment. And I I did it. I did my part, Jeff. Perfect. Love that. And hey, hand up. You you got that one wrong, but I think you were happy to admit that you got that one wrong in the moment. I, I think so, yes. So Absolutely. Uh, my first one comes from the Islanders account on Twitter, actually. And it says, from the island to Brazil, see how Danilo Santiago started the NYIBR fan club which is New York Islanders Brazil fan club and has bolstered it into the community it is today. Awesome. Well, one, their their live tweets is just phenomenal stuff. Uh I love it and I love that the uh, there are Islanders fans in Brazil. Like that that to me is so cool. Like I can't wrap my mind around like our little team. Like it's crazy enough that you up in Ottawa. Like the, our little team that's 15 minutes 10 15 minutes from my house is loved in brazil or up in ottawa like that doesn't compute to me that's awesome and there's no like um denny Podfay who grew up in the streets of sao paulo right? yeah right <laughs> exactly um i i love how they 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 did a meme just the other uh i think it was yesterday because of the mike bossy uh retirement or it's today and it's a picture of mike bossy with the curly kind of fro thing and then mm. next to it is David Luiz, who's a, a defender for the Brazilian national team. And <laughs> it looks the same. It's really the same. <laughs> That's amazing. Very Sideshow Bob-esque vibe going on there from both players. That's perfect. I love it. Uh, my next one here is from Arthur Staple. I think we all know who he is. Who at 6.08 p.m. on March 2nd tweeted, With about 25 minutes until warm-ups in, New- in Newark, official roster stands at 22. No Wallstrom. Could mean Clutterbuck is back. Could mean the site isn't updating. It, it wasn't so anyways but as of now Walsh not back from the taxi squad for tonight's game and panic ensued 
Yeah, he dropped uh, a bomb there, and uh, well, it, it it was a little bit panic mode. It was like the site hadn't updated. I, I assume he like because he's always tweeting this like a half an hour or so before the game, so I think he's going to check at a, at a routine time. Mm-hmm. And so the site just didn't like he said update, but like Islanders fan blew a gasket. Like I'm done with this team. What are they? It was full on like <laughs> a riots in Montreal level um, oh, no. of panic and. and if, if that ended up being true, I could get it because you're going, why would you sit a guy in a four-game point streak? What are we doing here? Um, but it turned out to not be the case. Thankfully so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank God uh, because that would have been really bad if he wasn't in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think they would have won if he wasn't in the lineup because that game was <sighs> until he scored a minute and ten into the third. Yep. Uh, my last one comes from Stat Center. And it says, notching the second of his team's second goal in the third period of a 2-1 to one win over the Devils on Tuesday night, Anders, uh, excuse me, Islanders left wing and Captain Anders Lee has moved alone into fourth on the list of timely scoring wingers through the franchise's nearly 50-year regular season history. So what it is, is um, game-winning goals for wingers. He is fourth all-time, and he's in pretty good company mitch um mike bossy is one at 80 clark gillies is two at 41 <laughs> just wait that, that different, 80 that to 41 wow yeah. bob nystrom is third at 38 lee is fourth at 31 and Derek king is five at 30 but that's good that's really good company and he could climb that list like he's he's here for the next five years like that number he could end up second. Like, that's not a crazy thing to assume that Lee can have another 11 game-winning goals over the next five years. Let's see. How many game-winning goals does he have? Uh, he's averaging, so he's got 6 five, two, six over the last four years. He already has three this. So he gets about six. So let's assume he does four over the next four years after this one. That's still 12. And so 12 plus, what, what is he at right now? 31. That would put him at 43. 12 would put him at 43. When, isn't that 4 times 4, 16? 4 times, yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So 47. <laughs> Fail. Sorry, I just, like, nope. I was like, where are we getting the 12 from? But, okay. <laughs> Not a math podcast. Not a math podcast. Uh, so that puts him at 47, you said? Yeah, 47. Which would be firmly in second place. Yeah. And that's assuming he doesn't get another one this year. No, exactly. Correct. So, I mean, I think he has a good shot to be second all-time for wingers, which I think that kind of shows how, I don't know if minimize is the right word, but I don't think we appreciate just how good of an Islander Anders Lee is. Oh, we we definitely don't. Like, he he gets appreciated, um, but I think once his career is over, a lot of people are going to go like, hot damn, he was... Holy hell! As a sixth round pick, oh my god, that's when they're gonna their mind is gonna explode. They realize he's a sixth round pick. Obviously, his legacy can change if uh, something happens with a trophy involved too. Oh god, yeah. If if a trophy is earned, at oh boy, we yeah. we might be talking about retiring. Although the number's already retired, so never mind. But there could be another name <laughs> added oh, to it. Maybe imagine that. Imagine, wow. That would be wild if another name gets... I don't, I don't think that they'll get there, but, like, whew, that would be crazy. Maybe, 
maybe you could make a case if they if they got that far you could maybe make that case that's true man wow okay well that would be insane man um no but like that's the thing like I, that's why i think we he's not appreciated enough like he's appreciated but it's not to the point where it probably should be no that's true absolutely Anything um, else, Mitch? My last one here comes from NHL and NBC Sports, who tweeted out on March 2nd, so just yesterday. The points leader from the 2015 NHL draft class, Connor McDavid, very good at hockey, which makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they ranked the top 10 point getters for that draft, and it goes McDavid, one at 509. Eichel, two, 351. Already huge discrepancy. And there was talk, remember, of like, uh, are Edmonton going to take Eichel? Eichel could be the guy. Yet, nope. Um, three Mitchell Marner, three hundred twenty-four. Four mm-hmm. Aho, two eighty-one. Rantanen, two sixty-eight. Matthew Barzell, two twenty-five, at number six. He's the sixth highest scoring player of that draft class. He was drafted ten spots later. That's good value, right? So, like guys drafted from six to sixteen, we got Zaka, Provorov, Rensky, Meyer, Rantanen, Kraus. Kraus, uh, Gurianov, Zbroil, this is Boston now, Zbroil, Zboril, sorry, DeBrusque, and Sinitian. Lulz. Wait, hold on. I think I'm just putting that together. Was that the top five, like the actual top five of the draft also? No, that just it wasn't. happened to be? No, because okay. you got Noah Hannafin in there that, that, it, that isn't. But I'm just quoting, like, it, let's say he was drafted six. He was drafted ten spots later. Who are the ten play, players within that, in that spot? And, like, you, when you look at Boston taking Zboril, DeBrus, Sinitian, uh like DeBrus, sure, 217 games played, but you have 25 games played combined between Zboril and Sinitian at the NHL level and seven points. Yeah, well, I mean, good. Good value. Thank you. We ha- Thank God we have Matt Barzell. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, that was my last one. Sweet. Okay, so let's get a couple plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could visit the website, eyesonisles.com. You could also um, download the fan-sided app if you want to keep up through the app. Um... What else do we have? Uh, oh, yeah, Patreon. We could talk about Patreon. We should. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. So for $5 a month, you can get a post-game podcast for every single game, about 25, 30 minutes in length. We break down the entire game. Uh, you can get a mailbag show. You get a live stream with Mitch. You get a whole lot of stuff over there, and it's a good community of Islanders fans too. It's a great time. Uh, get in on it. It's 129 patrons 129 man i remember when we started that like a while ago and we were like uh, how many were we gonna actually get 129 whoo incredible absolutely hopefully those numbers keep going up too that'd be great appreciate all the love and support really it's a, it's a lot of fun over there it is so that's gonna do it for us on this episode number 185 but for now i am matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.